This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. While we're all staying at home to do our part to stop the coronavirus, everyone's developing different media diets, and that includes the art we're choosing to enrich our days in isolation. For this podcast, we're focusing on some of the new music that's being made available online. Last week, I got on the phone with the folks behind the online content programming for four New Jersey arts organizations, New Jersey Performing Arts Center's Dave Rodriguez, New Jersey Symphony Orchestra's Patrick Chamberlain, the Folk Project's Mark Schaefer, and Rowan University's Debbie Shapiro, who is currently running the Live to Your Couch series, which features Rowan's College of Performing Arts faculty. Here's what she had to say about it. So it is a series of Wednesday and Saturday night live stream concerts. They're all starting at 730, um, available on our Facebook page. All you have to do is visit the page and, and the live concert live stream pops up right at 730. Um, and they are being performed by individual faculty members from our music department. And so, uh, we are representing, um, violin, jazz, guitar, um, we have a music industry program, so we have singer-songwriter and um, vibraphone. Am I missing one? Oh, and we also are featuring a guest artist who happens to be alumni, uh, Luigi Matsoki, who is a concertmaster for the Pennsylvania Ballet Orchestra, and we're pleased that he was um, generous enough to agree to do a concert for us. So we're representing different facets of our music department um, through a series of Wednesday and Saturday evening live stream concerts. They last between 45 minutes and an hour. Um, Depending on who the performer is, they may chat a little bit about the songs or they may just play. Um, I invited each artist to do what feels natural to them and to have fun. So um, that's the gist of it. We're trying to keep it as simple and predictable and easily accessible as possible. Artists have really hit the ground running. There's so much good original content online right now. And even though the world is currently a pretty scary place, it's been fascinating to watch artists continue to create and perform. Take away the stage and artists are going to find a way because they actually, they have to keep doing their art. It's so, it's it's breathing, it's waking up, it's eating, and it's doing your art. I mean, the devotion of artists is just it's part of nature and so um so there really isn't a way to stop that from continuing uh if the internet breaks i've been telling the group that's a whole other problem but until then (laughs) we we plan to continue doing this next i spoke with mark schaefer about how the folk project has evolved to keep its community connected during the covid19 pandemic all of a sudden when the bottom fell out of live events, which we run about 100 a year, we went online and we started planning this in the beginning of uh, March, maybe the middle of February. What will happen if COVID-19 really does eliminate uh, the live events? How do we keep the community that we know is the Folk Project going? And that's really the stay away. We call it the Folk Project Acoustic Stay Away as a joke because we had the getaway, the acoustic getaway. This is the acoustic stay away. And uh, it pretty much provides uh, five days now, we're probably going up to six very soon, of two things. The entertainment factor, which for us is concerts every Tuesday and Friday 
at 7 o'clock. And also we do workshops. So we have a songwriting workshop every Thursday. We have a guitar workshop um, at, for all levels every Wednesday. And we have a group sing-along, a Zoom session where people uh, call in and listen to other people's songs. And those would be on Monday nights. So between Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we have these kind of workshop get-togethers, we call them e-gatherings, and Tuesdays and Fridays, where we have our concerts, our listening concerts, uh, all these things are at 7 o'clock. But we're really substituting a community online. And we do it from three different directions. Uh, one is for the artists. We know their incomes went from something to zero. And these are artists we've loved and supported. So what we do is give them a, what we call a flash audience. They broadcast from their homes in isolation. And our audience appears at their concert if they'll do it Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, and it's been tremendous for them because we bring an audience, they're free concerts, but we do donations. The Folk Project hosts the concerts from the chat box and the artists deliver the concerts from their home. And uh, this Flash audience has been very successful and very appreciated because it is contributing to people whose incomes went to zero within a week. And uh, that's what we do. As the Folk Project has navigated the limitations imposed on all of us by COVID-19, what's been your organization's guiding philosophy in terms of how you curate and present your programming? We know that the artists have achieved something that many of us aspire to. We all wish we could play guitar and sing and write and express ourselves in a way that connects to people's hearts. So we actually love these people because they do that. And they've achieved that for us as an audience. And I think it's very important to know they need us now. And that is really what we're trying to do with the stay away is show up, give them the support when they, they need us um, more than ever. These people have been hit dramatically. Their entire livelihood has to do with showing up and connecting at events with people. And uh, so from their side, it's a matter of how do I support myself? And they, they are learning very quickly that it has to be done at home because that's the only safe way to do it. And for us, it's a two-way street. We, we love these people inordinately because they speak for our hearts. They speak for ourselves. So we want to be there for them. And I think when you're in isolation, uh, human connections become more important than ever. And fortunately, uh, we have this technology that for so long people were accusing of keeping us apart. Oh, you have your face in the screen. Um, now we can see it keeping us together more than ever. So these performers that were always there for us, it's our chance to be there for them. It's, it's a really important two-way relationship. It always was, but the technology just gives us the chance to isolate and gives them the chance to connect. Moving along from folk to classical, New Jersey Symphony Orchestra's NJSO at Home program is currently offering several series, including 
NJSO Couch Concerts, NJSO Musicians at Home segments, Ask a Musician segments, instrument showcases, as well as segments about the NJSO Youth Orchestra. Here's Patrick Chamberlain, Director of Artistic Planning. It's certainly been a challenge for us, as it is for all um, arts organizations. You know, the New Jersey Symphony relies on, again, as I said, thousands of people coming together in a confined space to listen to to live music, and it's not safe for us to do that right now. Um, So in the immediate term, you know, we've had to cancel concerts through through the end of our concert season, through June 14th, um, which has of course has challenging financial implications uh, for the organization um, but but we've made it a, a an important part of our sort of world going forward to to stay connected with our audiences um, you know we we know that in times like this um, music can provide meaning and connection and um, become you know the you see the value in something especially when it's not there um, so we're we're bound and determined uh, us as an organization alongside our musicians, our staff, and our board to stay connected to uh, our audiences. We've launched um, NJSO at Home, um, which is an online portal um, that encompasses some of the wonderful work that our musicians are doing at home, solo performances from their living room. Um, Every Friday, we're featuring uh, TGI Bach. There'll be a new solo work uh, by J.S. Bach uh, or or inspired by Bach. We're featuring um, musicians playing multi-track duets with themselves, virtual chamber music. Um, uh, We've also unlocked a a vast library of NJSO archival recordings that are available for our audiences to listen to um, on demand on our website. So we're trying to do everything we can to stay connected to our audiences and provide them the great music that that they trust us to provide um, in this in this new form um, and to continue to stay connected until it's safe for us to gather again. Despite the circumstances, your team really seems to be having a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it, we are never bored in this environment. It's really great that um, you know within the institution, the NJSO, there's so many creative brilliant individuals who are deeply committed to ensuring that when we're through this crisis that the NGSO continues to thrive and continues to serve our communities. Um, And so we're doing everything we can to to continue that mission right now when people need live music and and need art possibly more than ever. Any recommendations for us? You know, there's so many things that are really great on the on the NGSO at Home portal. There's one that I really like. It's the first concerts that our current music director, Shen Zhang, uh, conducted as our music director. Um, it's an all Tchaikovsky program featuring the Fifth Symphony and the First Piano Concerto. And the reason I like that concert particularly is because it, you can hear the excitement um, in the way the orchestra is playing uh, under Shen's baton for the first time. Uh, there's a sense of occasion that I think is captured in the performance. Um, and it's great to sort of relive that energy um, four years ago when she, she became our music director. Um, but really, you can't go wrong throughout the archives. There's some really miraculous performances um, of all types of composers and repertoire. Finally, I spoke with Dave Rodriguez, executive producer at New Jersey Performing Arts Center. It is, it is a terrible time for everybody, for the musicians, for the stage crew, for the ushers. Um, we just have to look at business in a different way until this passes. Yeah. And uh, we might have to look at it a different way after it passes. But um, right now, we uh, look at the most recent information, 
and we still need to connect. So that's why that's why we have NJPAC in your living room. So how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected NJPAC, which is a major cultural and educational hub for Newark and the entire state? I mean, we have we have either rescheduled or canceled over 150 performances and probably twice as many community interactions, arts education programs, whatever it is. We're the largest arts education provider in the state. Um, and for an organization like NJPAC, where no child is turned away because of an inability to pay, um, we, we just envision that the need is going to increase by double and triple. So it's, um, it's going to be a challenge when we reopen. It's, it's not just about putting things in our main stage. As we often say, the, um, you know, the, the face of NJPAC might be the concert that you see, but the soul of NJPAC are twice as many concerts that are happening in the community. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the, touring teacher artists that are in public schools that don't otherwise have arts education programs. Um, we need to not only make sure that we have the ability to provide those programs when things move forward, um, but that the artists who teach them, um, you know, are sustained during the closure at some level. Well, NJPAC is certainly meeting the challenge by providing some amazing, diverse online content and community events through NJPAC in your living room. We do, we do. We have uh, Chicoria coming up um, as part of our Jazz Festival in August, performing live, hopefully. Um, but at the same time, he's been willing to do something on the Internet, and you can find that there. Um, um, we we have an, uh, NJPAC has been doing a Thursday Sounds of the City free outdoor concert through the summers uh, for, gosh, over 20 years. So we've decided we're going to take over Thursday nights with a DJ dance party every Thursday. Um, so it can range from that, uh, to, from a DJ dance party to Chick Corea to, um, discussions with George Mariner Mall about our, um, symphony programs. We've been recording, um, discussions on classical music, uh, with George Mariner Mall since, um, uh, since once again, 20 years. And, uh, we've even gotten a Grammy, um, from what, for one of them. So you can find that on the web as well as discussions with Philip Glass or the, uh, the director of the New Jersey symphony. There really is something for everyone. So if you want to learn to salsa, you can do it at NJ on NJ packs in your living room. By the same token, if you want to find out, out a little bit more about Romeo and Juliet, you can do that too. Um, we want, no matter who, uh, is in your family, they should be able to get, get into our living room and find a, find a seat to sit in and, uh, enjoy themselves. Dave Rodriguez, executive producer at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. We hope this online music roundup is helpful to you. You can check out Rowan University's Live to Your Couch series by going straight to their Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash performing arts at Rowan. The Folk Project's concerts, workshops, and other online events can be found at stayaway.folkproject.org. New Jersey Symphony Orchestra's NJSO at home content can be found at njsymphony.org. And NJPAC in your living room is at njpac.org slash in your living room. And for more information about the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Christopher Benincasa. Thanks for listening.
The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.